Hi everyone, I'm Lucas Mack and welcome to another episode of The Golden Rule Revolution, where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing less. Today, I'm honored to bring to you the inspiring and powerful Rock Thomas. Rock has three decades as a life coach, self-made millionaire, and inspires people to live an epic life. He comes from humble beginnings and started on a farm just off the island of Montreal, and he rose to the top to become a self-made millionaire. But quickly, he realized financial success is just part of something bigger. So he embarked on a quest for knowledge from the best teachers on earth, people that I highly respect like Deepak Chopra, Anthony Robbins, Jack Canfield, Robert Kiyosaki, and more. With over 34 business streams of revenue, Rock's mission is to teach others how to become financially free and live an epic life on their own terms. Please welcome Rock Thomas. Rock, how are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm just loving life. I'm down here in Phoenix, and it's, I think, one of the greatest cities in the world. So I feel very blessed to be here and excited to talk to you, Lucas. Awesome. Same. Thank you. Thanks. I, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I have, since, uh, hearing about you, I've watched your content, have uh, read your content. You have an awesome story, a story that, um, you're, you're like the, the Rocky Balboa, so to speak of, of your industry. I love the overcoming adversity and the, so can you share where, where'd you grow up and where are you from? It's funny you use that reference because I often say that it's, um, you know, it's not how hard you can punch, it's how hard you can be punished and get back up. Right. And Winston Churchill says that success is maintaining your enthusiasm in spite of the setbacks. Mm. And I, I pride myself on that. There's, there's a lot of setbacks that happen for all of us in life. There's surprises, there's life that happens, there's weird people out there. Uh, I'll give you a specific example. I had an accountant working for me for a year and a half and Three weeks ago, he decided to stop communicating with me and my entire team. Hmm. And it's the weirdest thing. It's, I spoke to his brother, his father, and he has important documents year and he's got my balls in a sling, basically, financially. Wow. And he just won't speak to anybody. He'll email people and he'll do a little bit, but not a lot. And how do you deal with that uncertainty? It could cost me, I have until tomorrow to work out some things that could cost me possibly $200,000. Wow. just because he's choosing not to communicate. So for a lot of people, that would make them dysfunctional. But when you learn how to reframe things, you learn how to look for the best, you find ways to win, you work your way through those types of things. And I think that started for me when I was young, Lucas. I grew up on a farm and we had 22 horses and the horses have to be fed. And whether it's freezing out and the pipes burst or you know, you find a way to make it happen. And I don't know if people get put into those situations and learn to become resourceful like that. I fortunately did. My father was a great coach in the sense that he didn't help me very much. Uh, <laughs> he just was like, get back out there and figure it out. Come yeah. back when it's done. Yes. So I think that served me a lot of my life. I have a belief there's always a way. And I would wish that upon people that they have that belief that, even if, even if you fail a thousand times, you just keep on trying. You'll never fail completely if you don't, if you, if you don't quit. Mm. And it's so cliche, but it's really what the way that winners think. You think Mark Zuckerberg thought of all of the things that are happening in Facebook right now, uh, 10, 12 years ago, whatever it was when he started? 
Right. It's evolved so much. You just know that he gets up every day and he goes, okay, what's the next thing and how do we handle it? Mm. That's the entrepreneur's quest. And if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you got to be willing to solve problems that you don't even know exist. That's right. Did growing up on the, on the farm, what were you hoping to become? You know, what was your hopes as a young boy? You know, my parents got divorced at five when I was five and I lived with my mom and I set things on fire. So maybe a fireman. Um, <laughs> so um, maybe I was practicing at a young age, but I think I always wanted to be a, an athlete. I loved hockey growing up in Canada and football. And because I got beaten up by my brothers and sisters quite a bit, and I had an older brother that beat me up a lot, I learned how to run really fast. Mm. And um, it really served me because when I would play a little pickup football at recess, nobody could catch me because I had hours and hours logged of running away in the, in the horse fields from my brother. And, um, and it was really a matter of survival. It wasn't just for fun then. It was like he would beat me up and smash my face. And so everything became fully alive in me. So I think an athlete uh, was something I wanted to, but I never had my parents or, or a mentor say to me, I believe in you and that you could do it. So, you know, on that journey to be great at anything, you're going to hit walls. And if you don't have somebody, I believe, that encourages you through that, um, it's rare that you'll fight your way through it. Even Michael Jordan had his father, Tiger Woods had his father, the Williams sisters had their father. Yeah. And there's usually somebody in your corner that says, Lucas, you got this. Yeah. You got this. Yeah. It may not seem like it today. You've beaten up, you lost, you look like a complete fool out there, but you got this, don't worry. And I think that's the part that was missing. Mm. Where did you find that for in your in your journey growing up? Like where, yeah, how did well, you dig deep? That's a great question because that was a defining changing um, change in my life. So I ran, I worked really hard from eight and a half to twenty eight and a half um, on the farm, uh, driving taxis, carpentry, doing all kinds of work, anything that was manual labor because that's what I was programmed for. Mm. And at twenty eight and a half or late twenties, I got into real estate and I met a mentor that saw me working really hard in real estate. I sold one home my first year. Mm. And he says, you know, I see your work ethic. Uh, and if you're willing to be open, I can just direct you in a different way with a different strategy. I think mm. you're really good. And I was like, you're talking to me? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to you. I believe in you, kid. And I'm like, you do? It was like, literally, Lucas, I'd never heard that in my life. Mm. You know, I always heard work harder. You didn't do good enough. You're yeah. stupid or whatever. Right. And, um, Fortunately, I had a big heart and a big desire, so I, I never let that hold me back. But he mentored me, and he was there kind of every day with me, telling me, okay, it's normal that you know that person doesn't call you back. It's normal that these people said they would sign the contract, but then they delayed for four days, and it's normal and normal. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm glad, glad I have you by my side, because otherwise I'd feel like quitting. Right. So I went on to sell 32 homes the second year, and then 45, 65, and then 99, and then I bought the company that he was running. He wow. sold it to me and he wow. mentored me through that. And I took it from about 250 million in sales to a billion dollars of sales in four years. And now I've sold over 80,000 homes in my lifetime through my, my, my offices. And um, the little farm boy from Canada uh, became one of the best real estate um, brokers on the planet. And it was really good through that mentorship. What did you learn about humanity through all that? process. I mean, that's a lot of people you've interacted with and you've, you've seen the dark parts of humanity and growing up and then having someone 
you know, show you love and kindness and mentor you, but also, I mean, selling homes, you're dealing with a lot of people. What, what have you, what did you learn about humanity through that? It's not good. It's not mm-hmm. good at all. Uh, there are some dark people. A third of my office uh, would go bankrupt. So mm-hmm. realtors are terrible with money. Most humans are terrible with money. We don't learn how to win the money game. And that's why I do what I do. I created an organization called March to a Million where I help people become whole life millionaires from what I learned is, you know, they make it and they think they're going to make more next year. So they live like a rock star. Mm. Uh, they don't find, follow the fundamental things that are taught for centuries, you know, like the richest man in Babylon and things like that. So what to me seems so simple, mm. running your calendar, organizing yourself, morning rituals, you know, asking yourself quality questions, things I learned while reading books instead of watching TV that allowed me to open multiple companies and be really successful in the material world um, is not obvious for a lot of people because people get a poor education in school if it's just a generic education, unless it's, you know, specific, like a lawyer or a doctor or a, a welder or something. And they go out in the world and they've been told most of their life by their parents what to do, brush your teeth, go to bed, go to school, sit down, shut up, you know, the bell rings, go over here. Then they get into college. They usually learn how to party. Then they get into the real world and they're stupid. Not mm-hmm. their fault. It's just programming. So unless they get some traditional education or some non-traditional education, they don't know how to win. That... Um... <clears throat> part of this podcast is all about getting people to treat people like people. It's this, you know, we, we're all making a ripple effect, whether we choose to make a more positive or negative ripple effect, that's on us, what we choose and how to act. And what you're saying is it sounds like people are perpetuating a negative ripple effect by default, just because there's this negativity of uh, a void of teaching accountability, responsibility, leadership, uh, understanding knowledge is, how to even find knowledge. I mean, maybe that's one of the big things is how to seek knowledge, where to seek it. Um, for you, was it, was it the trigger? And I, and I don't know, I, I, it resonates with me. I mean, I grew up in an incredibly abusive home and I sought to overcome, you know, many things. And I attempted suicide when I was 20 and I, I fought like a dog to, to get to where I am now, but I also was trying to prove something for so long. And did, did that play a role in you? Like trying to prove and to seek that knowledge? Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. I was trying to get my father to be proud of me my whole life. Yeah. yeah. And it drove me to um, become an incredible producer. There's no question. My father used to drop me off um, at the hockey games and stay in the car and work. He was a workaholic. And then I'd go in, little kid, I'd tie my skates and all the other parents would be there tying their skates for their kids and, and hanging out with their kids and talking and laughing and connecting. And I was just one little kid with no parents, mm. sort of. <clears throat> mm. So I'd go on the ice and I'd think if I could score a bunch of goals, then everybody would, you know, somehow eventually bump into my dad and say, your, your kid's awesome. Like, yeah. need him on the team, bring him early, get him on another team, whatever. And I would do well. But I would, I would be that one kid when it would be six to one for the other team with two minutes left and everybody else was like just going through the motions, I'd get on the ice and I'd go score that goal that would mean nothing to them, yeah. but everything to me. Hmm. And I remember looking up, wishing, I'd, I'd score a goal and I'd look up into the stands, hmm. hoping to see my dad, that maybe he was curious, maybe he was cold in the car and maybe he'd come. 
I remember when I graduated, looking out uh, when I got the academic you know, academic award, looking out into the crowd to see if maybe my dad came and he wasn't there. I remember winning in riding championships, um, you know, getting the the, the first prize and, and looking into the crowd and see if my dad was there. But he'd be in the car. He would drive us there, but he'd be in the car working. Mm. And that drove me to endless desire to do well. And it, and it was a real gift in the end. But the emotional part, Lucas, as you know, coming from an abusive background is, I think the job of the parent is to create a safe environment for the child. Yes. And when that happens, their self-esteem has at least a modicum of a chance of surviving. Yes. The rest of the time, you're just filling in an empty hole, always trying to be enough, be enough, be enough, be enough. And will people love me? Because if I'm just, if I'm all this, if I'm smart and good looking and well-mannered and funny and polite yes. and yes. all of the above. Yeah, right? if I'm just articulate enough. If I know enough, right. I, yeah, I know. I can't yeah. leave anything out, right? Yes. Yes. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I don't bite my nails and I'm going to brush my yes. teeth and all yep. those pieces. Right. Right. So you, you desperately become really good. Probably a lot of successful people are insecure, mm. but at the end of the day, the, the last, you know, probably 20 years of my life, I've started to work on, you know, who is rock Thomas and falling back in love with the little rock mm. and being okay with, um, not being strong all the time. Yeah. Being okay with, um, not having the answers all the time and not being the fastest. So I've learned to be more playful and more loving. And, um, and it's been an interesting conversation with myself because what's the difference between high standards, right? And, um, and living a fulfilling life. And I used to always go for, you know, be the best at the sports, be this, that, and drive and drive. But what happens when you're super significant is you are also somewhat lonely. Yeah. So I, I became, you know, the best guy on the football team. I became the guy that would never quit on the hockey team. I became the entrepreneur that would always have the answer and drive results. For 17 years in real estate, I'm, I increased my income 17 years in a row. Hmm. I don't know anybody that's ever done that. It doesn't, didn't matter. Nine, nine moves, two divorces, two weddings, four kids, buried my father, mm. uh, operation on my thyroid gland, tore the tricep off my arm. It didn't matter. I would do seminars on crutches. Nothing would stop me. Mm. Not because I was so great, but I was afraid of not being enough. And I have, first of all, I have the chills and I'm glad we're talking. Um, I, I can, I, Thank you. First of all, seriously, brother, thank you. Thank you for sharing this. Thank you for talking to me. And, and I remember this is um, four years ago. I was super sick. I collapsed and went to the ER and in a stretcher and the ambulance and I was working so hard. And then I would go and get a colonoscopy and an upper endoscopy to see what's going on. And I come out of, of that procedure and I had a business meeting later that day that I couldn't miss. And so I had someone drive me. I just woke up, like just came to, and someone picked me up and drove me to Seattle. So I didn't miss this meeting. And, and I remember sitting there, I'm like kind of out of it. And the guy that drove me is there. And it's this guy that owned this big, big ad agency that sold it to DDB worldwide. And it was like this one opportunity I have. And the guy's looking at me and, and he's like, what's going on with you? I'm like, Hey, you know, I just came from this procedure <laughs> and I'll never forget. I like, Hey man, I'm like, I'm tough. I'm grinding. Like nothing can stop me. And I remember him looking at me like, it's not, it's not wise. Yeah. 
And I'll know he didn't say it. He just the the look of it. And I, and, and I had not yet hit rock bottom, um, but I did hit an eventual bottom um, a little while after that. But thank you for sharing your story because it's so funny is, as human beings, we isolate ourselves with our own experiences. We don't share them. And then people go through very similar, not to as severe sometimes, but very similar. But if we don't share them, we feel alone or we feel isolated or you, you know, like you said, you feel lonely, like no one, you know, who, who can I talk to? But the more vulnerable we become, the more open we become, the more just, safe in ourselves we become that's where the connection happens and um yeah i really appreciate you sharing that story yeah well i think that it's at the core of everything we are as humans is that we're not enough and we won't be loved most of the time people mask it with addictions and sometimes we can do a good job like i did a pretty good job at being really successful in business and people are like they admire that and they they respect it and who's going to admonish a father who, you know, he's the coach of the soccer team and he keeps his house nice and he, okay, he works 80 hours a week, but he still shows up for some of the things that are really important. And, um, you know, that's just something that um, culturally is accepted. Yeah. So, but it's not a fulfilling way to live and, and people are very empty and they're fearful. They live from fear. I've met many people on flights that work for, you know, Fortune 500 companies, Apple and Google and this. And, dude, they work 90 hours a week. Yeah. And they're fried. And they're, God knows what they're on, what kind of pills, because I don't, I don't take pills, but whatever pills yeah. people take and right. um, uppers, downers, in, out, whatever. And um, I meet a lot of people that smoke pot to go to, to, go to smoke pot before they go to bed. Yeah. I mean, the society we live in is sadly not one where we've learned how to really be authentic and vulnerable and happy and right. clear with each other. So I'm trying to do my little part in, in build a community that has that and we're pecking away, you know, but it's kind of like spitting in an ocean sometimes. Well, let's talk about, I mean, what now you, you've experienced all this, you've gone through life, you know, you've gone through your own journey of life and what is your mission now? What do you, what's the, the end state desire that you're working towards right now? So, um, you know, I've gone through ups and downs, had many mentors. Tony Robbins is one of them that I met in around 2000, 2001, and I've done 74 events. I've been working with him for 17 years. Mm. And, um, you know, he's mastered a lot of great things, the level of energy and communication style, et cetera. But one thing I noticed is that people would come to his events and then they would go home and they were super excited with this new strategy formula and then several months later they they would lose it because they'd be in an environment that didn't support it right so it's like an olympic athlete now all of a sudden hanging around with his high school buddies and they drink beer every friday night you yeah. know community wins environment wins over willpower over time because we all want to connect and people don't understand that right mm. we don't want to be left out so we're like, I don't really want to drink a beer, but I'll drink one because I want to hang out and I want to connect. So um, when I started to really study this, I said, well, what's missing? And what's missing is an ongoing community that has values that everybody appreciates and where there's positive peer pressure to create evolution and change and to sustain it. So six years ago, I stumbled across some guys that were super, super cool. And I said, listen, I have a system I think that can work and you got a lot of cool friends. So let's put those two <laughs> together. 
and let's make it work. Fast forward six years later, we have about five or six divisions of what we call mastermind ecosystems that have developed all the way from people that are just starting out to people that have a net worth over 10 million. It just depends where you're in that conversation, which group will fit and suit your, your schedule, you know, the chapter of your life. We do about 25 trips around the world. We believe in doing really cool shit together mm. because life's too short to not do that and wait until you're retired. Mm. So we create these bucket list adventures around the world. But when we go there, they're sprinkled with meditation, yoga, healthy food, cool activities like mountain biking, kayaking in the fjords in Norway, um, skydiving. It's very little going to like watch a baseball game or a golf game, which is sedentary. We like to be more active and live our life versus watch other people living theirs. Mm. And then we have our pillars, which is uh, passive income. We call horizontal income. We have extreme accountability. So we share our goals in a way that um, you tell me what you want. I don't say, hey, you should do this. You tell me what you want. We have a document for it. And then I provide you with resources or question you to see if your plan is bulletproof, but you're open to that. You want me to poke holes in it, right? Mm, yeah. But you're going to yeah. run a marathon. Okay. So what kind of shoes are you going to use? Well, I don't know. Well, what kind of freaking plan is that? <laughs> right. you, need to, you need to have the best equipment, I think. Right. So why don't you right. talk to Bob who's run 17 marathons and then come back to me and tell me what your plan is, Lucas. All right. Yeah. You step the fuck up, right? Because it's a lot of that, but, but people love it because when you challenge each other, and you support each other, and you encourage each other, then you grow to the maximum. And I'll give you a metaphor for that that I've created. I've never heard anywhere else. A tree grows in fertile soil, and it needs sun to grow. And the wind provides the oxygen. But any of those that are out of measure too much, it creates disaster. Too much sun and not enough rich soil, you have a desert. Too much soil, too rich, too much support. Your mother does your homework for you. She, she you know, spoon feeds you food. She fights your battles for you at school. You get into the real world and you get smacked around, right? Right. So rich, too much rich soil and not enough, and, and not enough sun, you have a swamp. Mm. So it's the combination of all these elements with enough breeze and then once in a while enough storm where you root yourself into your support system you're encouraged by the sun, the people around you, yes. but you have enough adversity where you build a muscle and you live a life worth living. Mm, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I love that. I love that. that so, uh, <clears throat> so we provide that consciously for each other. And sometimes I might go up to you when I'm not sure. And I might go, Lucas, you know, I, I noticed for three weeks in a row now you haven't hit your goal. What do you want? Support, encouragement, or challenge? Mm. And you're like, God, I think I need to be challenged, Rock. All right, well, give me 50 push-ups. Let's go. And so we find ways, you know, to challenge each other or support or encourage at the right time. And we, we build passive income so we can all buy our calendars back and do yes. things that really matter in the world. So we're really good at real estate. We're really good at online um, e-commerce, uh, writing books and things like that, speaking, coaching, and leveraging time and people and money so that we can live a life worth living. So we created that. We have a thousand people. We've created, uh, now we're focusing on creating, you know, people that aren't millionaires. So the last two and a half years, we've got a specific program that helps people become millionaires. We've got created 41 in the last two and a half years. Wow. So we're excited about that. 
Wow. But we meet people wherever they're at. Some people, they get my free book and other people sign up for a $30,000, you know, four events, a hard, deep dive, uh, travel the world, have a great time. It just depends. But this ecosystem has taken off. We now have Fam Abundance, which teaches children how to create passive income. We have 17-year-old girl loaning $50,000 hard money loan to people at 10%. Wow. Doing the paperwork wow. and learning how to do that. We have uh, couple trips. We have uh, go wives, just women that are going and talking about how to be better wives. Because mm. us men get together and talk how to be better husbands and brothers and sons. Yeah. So we're really working on just trying to raise our awareness and something beautiful about when you demand in the community that there's no ego and no bullshit, you gotta be authentic. Yes. Then everybody wants to do that because that's what we all want anyway. Yeah, that's right. That's beautiful. I, I am glad you are alive. I'm glad you are doing what you're doing. I am. I, I want you to just hear this and the healing that you're bringing. You've gone through the pain and now you're, you're bringing a lot of healing. Um, the people that, you know, there's, there's a lot of um, entrepreneurial people that listen to this show. There's a, lot of, um, there's a lot of people that are experiencing life right now and they might be going through hardships or might be if, if they're living some abundance right now. But wherever they are, you know, what, what message do you have for people wherever they are um, to keep, to keep going and not giving up. Cause that's where that, that insecurity and that little question that can trigger, like maybe I'm on the wrong path or what's the point or that's not working is what do you share to people that are in that, that point? You know, <clears throat> I get often asked them, what's the most important quote or the best book you read, et cetera. And I'm, I'm changing my answer because I think it's one thing that can shift your perception on life. But I think that it's the accumulation of the little distinctions that gives you a new home to call uh, your new destination. Hmm. Most people are trying to just get through their day and survive because our mind, its job is to protect you. And most of us don't know how to run our mind, so our mind runs us. Hmm. But at the end of the day, I would say the most important thing is to surround yourself with other people that are living the quality of life you want to live. And when you do that, you will almost like the tide rises all ships, you will almost effortlessly be drawn toward the best version of yourself. Hmm. The environment I've learned is the commander. It is so powerful. And you can set a great intention, you can read a great book, and then you get in your car, you turn on the radio and it's negative news and somebody gives you the finger driving by and you're immediately brought right back to a core survival base. Yeah back and you run by your by your mind not by your heart right and most people live there you just have to watch people's expressions on their face so my message to your people is you know you need to do like I think I did is diligently seek out quality people and then add them to your list and keep them close hmm, that's good that um, one of the things I think people struggle with is the guilt of Leaving people behind. Well, just guilt. Yeah, leaving people. But that is so – I one of the, my messages that I share with people is it doesn't matter if they have the, the word family associated with them. If they are not healthy, if they are not, you know, bringing you safety and love and comfort and, and, and things that 
bring health in your life, then they can't, you can't be around these people. It doesn't matter if they have mother, father, sister, brother associated with them or best friend from growing up. I, I think that is, that is a message I think everyone needs to hear. And I'm glad you're, you're sharing that. So it's interesting when we do our events, we do retreats, we rent these million dollar homes in Mexico or wherever, and we all stay together in a house for three or four days. Hmm. And what usually happens after a while is people say, Rock, man, you've attracted the greatest people on earth. I love everybody in this community. They're authentic, they're real, they're fun, they're loving, they're caring. And I say, and some of them, when they get out of this community, are assholes. Hmm. Like I could be an asshole sometimes, you know? Yeah. It's not the person, it's the context or the container that you create hmm. that brings the best out of us. When you say we have a thing called aggressive inclusion. So I've been to enough event seminars, thousands of them, uh, where you come down from the hotel, you walk down toward the room and you're alone and you're thinking, who do I meet? And there's a little click over here. They look like they're having fun. And there's another group there. They look really super good looking. You're like, I'm not going to go over there. <laughs> you know, hot girls over there. And you're like, well, I don't look like a pervert. And I go, yeah, yeah. Bump, bump that. And you have all right. these stories you tell yourself. So you pretend that you're busy on your phone, like you've got something going on, but you don't. Hmm. So I was that kid that changed many schools and I'd walk in the cafeteria with my tray and I didn't know where to go. And I hated that feeling. Hmm. I would never want anybody to hate to experience that feeling. And that's why people who've been through a lot make great coaches because they emotionally have the experience and depth to empathize with you. Hmm. So I created this thing called aggressive inclusion. It's not even a word, but I like it is so that if you and I are talking and then we see somebody walking down, we need to have an awareness and no matter what you and I are talking about, we can talk about something intimate, your finances, your relationship, yeah. you know, sex you're having or not having, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, John, come over here. We're, we're gonna come, John, come join us. Mm. Or people can walk up and we're, we open the circle to them and we're like, yeah, hey, we're just talking about this. Yes. You know, Lucas, did you meet John yet? John, this, right? And we're just in the middle of something. Join us. And we go back into it. Mm. And what we found is that nobody stays in their room. Mm. Nobody. Everybody runs down because they're included. And the conversations like are always going. And at the end, people are like, this is the best. I love it. I felt included. I felt like this is family. I felt like one concept, one way of explaining way to live your life and people transform the way they are. You, um, man, uh, so I've given a TED talk in two weeks and um, cool. TEDx talk, but one of the, the messages is healed people have the greatest power to make social change. Mm. It's those that have been hurt, like you said, those that have gone through those experiences have the emotional capacity if they get healed, if they take responsibility and accountability and actually, um, you know, understand what the ego is doing and, you know, go beyond that. Those are the people, the healed people have the greatest power to make social change in society. It's the, it's you. It's, it's, it's Nelson Mandela who didn't go and annihilate every white politician and, but healed and reconciliate. I mean, this is the message that we need more of. And I am so thankful you're doing what you're doing. I mean, I know, to everyone listening, Rock and I just met. I mean, we just got online and this is how I do every podcast interview. I don't like any pretext. I don't want to be, I just love where it goes, but man, it's, um, you're, you're blessing me right now as you're talking. I just want you to know that. And I, and I'm 
thankful. And it's um, you, you, that aggressive inclusion is creating the world that we want to see. It's everyone wants to be included. Everyone wants to be loved. Everyone wants to be told they're okay. Everyone wants to be brought in and sometimes grabbed in and like pulled in and like held tightly. And like everyone wants that. And it's, it takes aggressive. I love that. It takes aggressive inclusion mint to make that happen. It's such a beautiful, yeah, just even those words tell that story, you know, it's really, right. Cool, right. It's really cool. Yeah. I, you know, imagine not that we would all walk down the street and all hug each other and everything, but to just temper it a little bit where, you know, people, they don't even want to look at anybody and, yeah. and all that sort of thing. And I try to smile at people at least or give them a nod or what have you. And sometimes people are like, do I know you? And I'm like, you know, no, you don't, you don't know me. I'm just, I'm just, connecting with you because yeah, you're a soul and acknowledging you. Just, yes. Yes. You know, we like to connect with other people. We like to be seen. So yeah. um, it's, 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 it's an endless amount of work, but at the same time, like you said, it's very gratifying. And like you said, we've had some really, really great success with um, our community and, and starting that. And our goal now is to get the kids. Like if you can get the kids when they're younger, start to think that way. You don't have to do all the unlearning and then reinstalling of new programming, right? Which is a lot right. of work. Right, which is. Well, I, um, I know you're doing a lot of things now with, you. I mean, like you just shared with the, the, the brain trusts and, and masterminds and everything that you're doing, but you're also, you have two books out. You have a lot of, a lot of ways people can connect with you. How, how can people find you? Where, where would you like to send people um, to find out more of what you're doing and how they can get plugged in with you. Well, I'm on a lot of social media, so you can go to Rock, you know, Rock Thomas. You'll find me on Instagram and Twitter and uh, Facebook. You can also go to rockthomas.com and get a free copy of my book, The Power of Your Identity, the words that follow I am, follow you. you know, I'm a big believer of being able to change uh, the labels in your life. We all have poor labels. I was called Pizza Face as a kid because I had so much acne. And I learned to change that to ruggedly handsome and it worked out pretty good for me. I've been married a few times, unfortunately, <laughs> because I still got to still have to work on some parts around my self-worth. But these are some of the tools, you know, Lucas, that people don't get in school. And I don't know about you, but I went through the longest period of my life. I'd wake up and I'd say, I hope I feel good today. Hmm. And I didn't know how to change my state, change my perspective. And if bad things happened, then I was pissed off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Today, one of the biggest tools I use is the ability to change the meaning of things. Mm. Nothing is meaning but the meaning you give it. And the other day, I was, you know, at, at the airport as I often am, and they, uh, they announced that the flight's going to be delayed for two hours. And I watched the entire waiting room kind of slump down, and the energy go down, and people go, ah, like this. Yeah. And I stood up and I went, "Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I going to meet?" Mm, that is awesome. That is awesome. I got up and they changed gates and I was walking the gates and I'm walking, I'm looking around. I'm thinking, this guy's somebody I'm going to meet. The universe has got a plan for me, man. Right. That's so right. Well, I'm going to be delayed for two hours and miss that a meeting if there's not another one that was being put in place for me. And sure enough, I don't know if you know John Asaraf, he was in The Secret and a uh, really cool wow. guy, a lot of personal development. Um, there he is. I see him and my brain goes, that's it. I walk right up to him. And he was with his two sons and I would never have normally wanted to interrupt them, but I knew this was the reason I chose to make it the reason I walked up to him and I said, John, we were meant to meet my flight got delayed and there you are. And he goes, <laughs> that is awesome. he goes, that's cool. And who are you? Yeah. So I introduced myself. 
Uh, wow. He came on my podcast. He sent me a copy of his book. Awesome. And now we're buddies. But that's the type of thing that you can do. It's not the event of the delay. It's your response to that delay that determines the quality of your life. And that's a muscle that they don't teach in school, right? So um, right. fortunately, I had some mentors teach me that. Beautiful. I have, uh, I'm going to grab this. Um, I have this right by my my office, but I always say, this is, this is my contract to myself. It's I'm a loving, kind, and powerful leader. And I say this to myself every morning I wake up, every night before I go to bed, is I'm a loving, kind, and powerful leader. And that, that I am statement is uh it's everything for me i have to i have five words also that that trigger me or the things that i'm most fearful of i teach people to combat those with the i am so i am for me personally i am safe so always i was afraid that i was gonna get hurt i'm safe i am loved i am free i am abundant i am powerful and those say over and over and over and uh Sometimes I have to yell them out. <laughs> sure you do. Sometimes I, yeah. you know, and, uh, but yeah, that's beautiful, brother. Well, the opposite is happening anyway, Lucas. People are saying, oh, I'm an idiot. Uh, I can't make things work. I'm too short. All the things that were suggested to them by people that they thought cared about them that didn't maybe weren't really good programmers. Right. So I too have my, what we call our affirmations or incantations. I'm gifted, guided, grateful, powerful, passionate, playful, and a whole bunch more. But most people don't by design have something that they can really affirm to themselves. So then they take, you know, whatever's offered around them and it's usually not very empowering. Hmm. So you're making it up anyway, the whole conversation with yourself, you might as well make it up good. Yeah, that's right. Right. That's man. I'm so thankful that you, I, I'm not even sure how we got connected, but I will tell you right now, I am so glad we did. <laughs> I am so Me too. Thankful. Me too. You got and, great energy. Thank you, brother. I um, I stand with you, and I'm and and I'm with you, and I'm thankful. And keep going, and I will hold you tight, man. I just thank you. Um, no, we'll together, you you got to get together. Come to one of our events, or come to one of your events, or whatever. I would, I would love that. I will follow up with you. I would absolutely yeah. love that. And um, cool. Sure, in a little bit, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it in just a sec, okay? All right. So I got three little ones, a seven, five, and and almost three-year-old. That's awesome. Asking for some pocky right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go take care of that in a sec. But cool. Honored to have you on, brother. And and um, and uh, I'll uh, I'll wrap right now. Well, it was such an honor having Rock Thomas on. That is a he is a powerful soul and. Like I told him, it's the people that have been hurt, that have gotten healing. Those are the people, we are the people that have the greatest power to make social change, to be the change we wanna see, to not perpetuate the hurt that was done to us, but perpetuate the healing, to, to see others' behavior as simply feedback of their own existence and their own story and not to take it on personally. So I'm honored to have Rock on. Make sure you go to his website, rockthomas.com. I'll put it in the notes and um, follow up. And as always, thank you for listening. Remember, treat people like people and nothing less. This is how we change the world because this is the Golden Rule Revolution. I'm your host, Lucas Mack. And as always, thank you for listening. I'll talk, I'll talk to you on the next episode.